your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoy what you're hearing today and haven't listened before or want to catch up on previous episodes, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On today's episode, we have a couple of discussion topics. I forgot that the World Juniors were actually a thing that's happening over the next couple of weeks. They start officially on Friday this Christmas, so I thought it would be cool to talk about yesterday's opening games because we actually have Team Finland playing Team USA, and both Henri Nikonen and Vili Heinola were actually heavily featured against Team USA. Now, uh, Team Finland kind of got a little bit curb stomped throughout most of the game. You could sort of tell that Team USA was the better squad, but we have some takeaways for both Nikonen and Heinola that I think would interest Jets fans, and maybe these guys are, are players that some fans haven't really seen a whole lot of and want to see more and, and get more of an understanding about some of the traits that they might bring. We'll also be pairing yesterday's episode about Christmas gifts Santa might leave under the tree for Jets fans with some lumps of coal we might also be getting for this upcoming 2021 season. Sometimes even the best Jets fans get a little bit naughty and maybe we get some really crappy stuff in place of really nice gifts. Closing us out, we will be continuing our most creative playmaker series. We've covered quite a few teams and we're starting to near the end of the list, roughly speaking, but... There are still plenty of teams to discuss, so you know, stay tuned to hear about what makes a couple of guys from the Vegas Golden Knights so special. First off, though, let's talk about last night's preliminary World Juniors game that was more of like an exhibition friendly. To be honest, it was a very confusing game because these guys haven't really played a whole lot. It's been several months since a lot of them have seen, I guess, like more formalized ice conditions. Obviously, they've been practicing over the past few weeks and stuff, but beyond that, in-game action pretty limited. What we saw was Team USA throwing a lot of things at the wall and just trying stuff, some of which was more successful than others. I think the thing that they did really well was that the the U.S. team was able to pressure Finland for almost the entire match. There was a lot of physicality, uh, a lot of speed, a lot of cycling and passing. I don't really think any of it was in the way that I would call super organized. By the third period, maybe things had changed a bit, but for the most part, Team USA was just... I don't know, they were experimenting. The good thing for the U.S. squad was that the Finnish squad really seemed to struggle with the unpredictability and scrambly nature. Finland's defense really wasn't particularly well organized, and you could see that the guy who was supposed to be the standout star for, for Finland's backline, which is Vili Heinola, was really struggling, and not because he himself was bad. He was trying to cover for all of his teammates, kind of going AWOL on assignments, not really being able to read danger properly, and sort of trying to position himself in between, and oftentimes he really wasn't able to be as effective and impactful as he'd like to be. He could do everything with making passes, opening up space and opportunities for his linemates, but the problem is, is his linemates were never really on the same wavelength and weren't even close to either receiving the pucks or helping him with making an outlet route, uh, especially heading back up the other way. 
Heinola is just clearly at a level above most of the kids on his team, and it's obvious that he's ready for pro hockey because he's been playing pro hockey for the past several years now. What he needs is to really make the Jets and get regular top four minutes for Winnipeg. I think he's good enough to be at least second pairing for this team. In the future, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to push for number one minutes. I think Heinola has that ceiling as being Winnipeg's long-term franchise blue liner. I think he's exceptionally gifted in so many ways. Last night, we saw him be very good inside the offensive zone. His distribution and vision and his understanding of space allow him to set up opportunities that at a pro level, his line mates probably would have picked up on. His skating under pressure and his positioning inside the defensive zone were also very good. While he did struggle to cope with a lot of the U.S. press because his teammates really weren't helping him out a whole lot and he was basically having to do a lot of heavy lifting himself, I think he still did the best with what he could. You know, he wasn't able to quite shut down offensive opportunities like he'd like, but his positioning was good to try and snuff out as much as he could. We know basically Heinola is ready for the NHL. We've seen him before in a Jets cameo, actually, as it were, just a couple of games, and we anticipate him coming back sometime in the near future. So he's not really that shocking. He's very good, and we have a pretty good understanding of what he'll bring. The guy that I was mostly curious to see is Henri Nikonen, and Nikonen was actually very impressive. He was effective as a two-way center and somebody who liked to get into the forecheck near the net, use his speed to pressure defenders, and when he did get like power play time and stuff, he was often screening the goalie and setting himself up in front of the net for either tap-ins or to shield the vision of the goalie so he couldn't make a stop. One of those goalie screens actually resulted in a goal, which I believe was uh, credited to Topi Niemela, if I got that name correctly. But Nikonen very nearly missed a, a great opportunity that would have been a tapped-in deflection from another difficult angle. So I think, you know, Nikonen for the most part looks like a kid who's, you know, not afraid to get in front of the net. He's very comfortable working along the walls and making effective four-check opportunities for turnovers. And I liked his positioning. In front of the goalie, he was careful not to put himself in a spot where he'd be called for goalie interference. And he left himself just free enough to tip a puck if a shot came in his general vicinity so that he could make a nice scoring chance. I think he did have uh, close to an assist on the first power play. I don't remember if he actually got a touch for the credited like first or second assist, but he was definitely involved in a lot of Finland's offense. I think he had a part to play in both Finnish goals, so obviously this kid is going to be a role player for Finland. I think he'll get top six time as a top six center for that squad. He's been very effective. He's supposedly good at face-offs, but again, I don't really put that much stock into those sorts of things. I'm mostly looking for a really aggressive forecheck, smart two-way play, good passing and distribution, good offensive positioning, and it seemed like Nikonen was doing all of those things. He's also pretty fast on his feet, which will allow him to create offensive pressure and work himself out of dangerous situations. If he starts getting more touches on the puck, especially towards the net, and if he can find some linemates who are actually capable of finishing these opportunities, I think his points totals will start to go up. He's a smart player. He's not like overly flashy in any respect, but he just seems to have a lot of the foundations really well done. And for somebody who will be looking to push for a bottom six spot in Winnipeg, I think he'll be a very effective third or fourth line center. We'll see how both Nikonen and Heinola fare on a Finnish team that looks like it's going to have some issues throughout this tournament. Hopefully they both continue to put on a really nice show. I expect Heinola will be ready for NHL duty either this coming season or the year after. Hopefully he gets time really soon. I think he's like a massive improvement for this Jets team, but obviously these things are out of our hands right now.
Stay tuned throughout the rest of the uh, upcoming weeks before we head into the NHL season. I'll try to watch more of these World Juniors games and give you a sense of how Winnipeg's prospects are maybe faring. We'll get a look at, I think, Cole Perfetti this evening, if I'm not mistaken. Canada might be taking the ice. I'm not 100% sure, unless they're just playing tomorrow. Either way, we'll see Perfetti over the next two days. Hopefully, he has a really good outing. I have a lot of faith in him. I think he's going to have a really good tournament. He's been great for Team Canada in previous competitions. I am excited. Although, you know, when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets, there are often things that I get a little bit less excited about. And in just a moment, we're going to discuss some of the lumps of coal that Hockey Santa may leave under Jets fans' trees this upcoming holiday season and into 2021. But before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the fine folks at Built and the brand new product they've unveiled. When you wake up every day, you likely face a lot of different obstacles to your daily productivity. The mighty wall of morning grogginess can really be a butt kicker. So how do you break down those walls? For me, I turned to Bilko, the healthy, all-natural, great-tasting alternative to the sugary energy drinks you pound every morning. Bilko comes in convenient 1.5-ounce packages that are perfect for storing in your briefcase, your backpack, your golf bag, or just about anything you need to suit your on-the-go lifestyle. You can enjoy Bilko in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. It's all the five-hour energy with none of the crash, and is fortified with wall-busting energy through collagen protein, beta-alanine, B3, honey, a bit of caffeine, B6, and B12, so you have energy all day. To get started, visit bilco.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, when you're checking out, don't forget to use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at bilco.com. Let's go! Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Earlier in the show, we talked about some of the impressive sightings of Henri Nikonen and Vili Heinola during the World Junior preliminary game between the U.S. and Team Finland. While the good vibes may have been flowing for a little bit, it's now time to talk about some of the upcoming, you know, 2021 season expectations and whether or not the holidays are going to be kind to Winnipeg Jets fans. Obviously, yesterday we talked about some of the Christmas gifts that Hockey Santa may leave for Jets fans. Now it's time to talk about some of the lumps of coal, because with everything that's happened and with how crazy the schedule is going to be, how much rust some of the Jets players are going to have since not playing for several months, I I think it's going to be a bit of a crazy season. So I think the first thing that I'm concerned about is that Winnipeg's defense isn't really going to be that much better than it was last year. Obviously, a full season of Dylan DeMello is a big deal, especially for kind of reorienting that top six. But when it comes to how Paul Maurice has deployed a lot of these players, it took a while for DeMello to break into the top pairing. If he's not on the top pairing again, or he isn't getting top pairing minutes, that's going to be a bit of an issue. I I think Winnipeg brought in guys like Derek Forbort to try and stabilize things, but there's no guarantee that Forbort's going to be more than, at this stage of his career, like a number 60. And Winnipeg's got a lot of those types. Uh, You know, I I think it is okay that Forbort comes in, especially on a cheap value deal. I was personally a fan of the signing. But I think the broader picture is that Winnipeg's blue line really didn't change significantly enough for me to think it's going to have the sort of impact that would help the Jets win a championship. We kind of knew coming in that this season could be a little bit rough. We already knew last year that it was uh, probably the worst defense the Jets have had in many, many seasons. And I'm not 100% sure the addition of DeMello is going to be enough to move the needle because the team is still missing like a number one franchise cornerstone blue liner. Heinle will probably reach that stage at one point. I believe he can. I think he will. But he's not really there quite yet, and he has to have more you know, NHL ice time to even approach something like that. The second lump of coal that I'm kind of concerned about is Winnipeg's offense. I think the 5v5 even strength production has been very lackluster over the past couple of years. Ever since that 2017-2018 season, and even before that year, 
Winnipeg's forwards are just kind of an odd mishmash of guys who are really good shooters and scorers and not much else. When you look at the way that this team is constructed, the top six is, is almost overloaded with goal-scoring wingers and players who are really shoot-first mentality and not many play drivers. Nick Ehlers is obviously the guy who's your setup man and one of your most productive transition forwards, but beyond that, Mark Shifley has kind of fallen off. Patrick Laine is actually improving in a lot of ways, but he's still not, I, I wouldn't call him fantastic at it. So you're looking at a team that's, that's a little bit top-heavy, but maybe not in the way you'd want. In your bottom six, you have a lot more well-rounded two-way offense, and I think guys like Andrew Copper, experts at transition and forechecking. Janssen Harkins might be in the same mold, even if the underlying numbers in an extremely limited sample size haven't quite approached that yet. I think they will. I think he's got all of the tools and skill sets to be an effective two-way winger, but obviously it remains to be seen when those sorts of results are going to start kicking in. You've also got plenty of defensive bottom sixers, but... I'm just kind of wondering how exactly Winnipeg is going to consistently create offensive opportunities, especially if they're spending so much time in their defensive zone. A lot of the issues with the top six last year was that they were asked to play roles that they really weren't suited to. I think Shifley has adopted more of like a shooter mentality, which for me isn't really the best way to use him. I think he needs to be your central catalyst and not just somebody looking to capitalize on passes. He needs to be a more integral part of the way the team is creating offense. And sure, the points totals were definitely there. And I think, you know, his individual even strength offense was up there with among the best on the Jets. But I think it's kind of come at the expense of utilizing more of his teammates and being more of a setup player. And obviously his defensive back checking has kind of disappeared too. That for me is kind of a concern for a guy who's supposed to be your first line center. If Shifley is not able to turn it around and rebound to a more acceptable first line center with really good two-way impacts, I do wonder how long it is before Cole Perfetti eventually surpasses him. It's crazy to say, but Shifley has kind of fallen off over the past couple of seasons, even though his goal scoring and, and points totals are definitely still up there in the league. The final lump of coal that is sort of a tangential concern and not one that I think is going to be something we have to be concerned about but could happen is if Connor Hellebuck reverts to more of like a pumpkin this season. I think he's been fantastic. Last year he was the carriage that got that team into the postseason. He had a very heavy workload though and obviously goaltender performance year over year can be very volatile. I do expect him to step back this season. I don't think he's going to have like another Vezina caliber year. If he does, there would be very few goalies in history who have continually been playing at such a level. I, I think Hellebuck would struggle to hit those same heights again, especially in a weird season in which he's going to be facing a lot of the same teams multiple times. So I do expect a step back. Worst case scenario, the lump of coal is if he actually falls off completely, and he's not really able to be the lead starter for this team, especially behind a defense that's going to be probably a bit porous. I think that this is probably the least likely of the lumps of coal to occur. I think Santa is going to be pretty generous in terms of goaltending, but it's COVID hockey, man. You really have no idea what's going to happen, and I think this entire setup is so different that my expectations are basically non-existent. I don't really know what's going to happen. I can't say for sure that Hellebuck's going to be good or bad or even just average. I've I've kind of cleared the uh, the mind space of what I think this team is capable of because I don't really know. We're not even sure what the lineup is going to be yet, so I'm, I'm trying not to read too much into the tea leaves here. I, I think there's a lot of time left, and I think the Jets 
have a couple of weeks to start to assemble things, and we'll get a sense of, of where their headspace is at and what they're thinking as they start getting closer to the January 13th start date. That's all the negative vibes I'm going to hit out there, though. I think you guys understand where we're thinking this team could go, and I think you have a pretty good feeling of whether or not the Jets are, are really in a state to make any sort of noise. So, cross your fingers, hope for the best, and maybe Winnipeg surprises everyone, and in the good way this time. Speaking of surprises and gifts, up next we'll talk about some of the most creative playmakers on the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that continually surprises just about everyone. But before then, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about betonline.ag. Right now we're all gearing up for the NHL season to resume, and obviously there are plenty of predictions as to who might win the Stanley Cup, the New Jersey Devils currently have one of the longest odds of winning the cup because, let's be honest, that team is in a bit of a rough patch. But maybe you think otherwise. Maybe you think there's something special about this Devils team during a pandemic season in a 56-game year where nothing is really certain, and you're looking for the safest, most reliable, and trustworthy place to put your money where your mouth is. Look no further than betonline.ag. Whether you're looking to place a bet on the upcoming Stanley Cup winner, or looking for a few betting lines on some top college or NFL football games, BetOnline has you covered. And when you sign up for a free account today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. It's time to stop armchair GMing and get in on the action instead of sitting on the sidelines and waiting for life to pass you by. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and create your free account. And don't forget, when you're creating your account, use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing this episode out with a little bit more of a continuation of our Most Creative Playmaker series, which will have some more segments throughout this upcoming weekend and hopefully throughout next week. On tonight's episode, we are covering the Las Vegas Golden Knights and two players who I think get a little bit of recognition, but maybe not the kind and the amount that I think they should. And the first as the Most Creative Playmaker is going to be Mark Stone. Stone is obviously one of the most gifted wingers I, I've ever seen. I loved watching him as a member of the Senators because what I felt back then was that he was an incredibly smart player who understood his positioning, who had impeccable vision, great distribution, really nice stick handling, a lethal shot, and really great edge work to allow him to get into really good spaces, and he had a very powerful frame, so he wasn't really afraid to mix it up and get into those more dangerous, more physical areas in front of the net. Since coming to the Vegas Golden Knights, there's really been no slowing down for Stone, aside from, I think, one or two injuries. This guy, though, is an absolute scoring machine, and when it comes to setting up his teammates and working in tandem with the way that Vegas likes to counter really quickly and with really rapid verticals, Stone is almost a perfect fit. He just wants to find the fastest route to the net, and he's totally unafraid of blazing a trail and creating plenty of offensive opportunities, whether these are chances he wants to score himself or set up for his teammates. He's, he's just somebody who's a, a whirlwind of offense and truly one of the most dynamic two-way wings in the entire league. And frankly, not just for wings. He's one of the best skaters in general, and I think the way that he approaches offensive creation is just so much fun to watch. He's a power winger with a great shot and pretty much all of the physical tool sets and skill sets that you'd want of somebody from like a top line player. He's a dominant scoring force and one that I think Vegas was very blessed to get. And obviously it really hurts me as a Jets fan that he didn't end up coming to Winnipeg. If he had come to the Jets, I think the past couple of seasons maybe would have looked a little bit differently, but obviously he opted for the Knights and it sounds like there just wasn't an agreement available between the Jets or Stone that worked for both parties. I still would have moved heaven and earth to get Stone in this team. I think the Jets are at the point where he's the kind of guy that's ready to take them to the next level. But no use crying over spilled milk. 
The other player that has started to get his name into a bit more discussion and is still also a bit underrated is Shea Theodore. At the time when he was taken from the Ducks, I think Theodore was thought to be a very good blue liner, but maybe somebody who wasn't going to crack that Ducks roster, especially on a defense that is as continually crowded as Anaheim's is. What Theodore has done since then has only proven that the Ducks may be made a huge mistake. Shea is one of the top offensive blue liners in the entire league. He's got incredible ability to collapse quickly into the offensive zone. He likes to take really great shots. His positioning is impeccable. His vision for shooting and passing lanes is next level. His skating and lateral edge work are fantastic. This is just a really well-rounded offensive machine, and he just seems to find really soft spaces in open areas. I would almost call him like a really budget version of Quinn Hughes, which is not really an insult to Theodore. I think Hughes is just on a different level than everyone else, and saying that he kind of reminds me of him in some ways in the in the offensive zone approach, it's actually a tremendous compliment to be compared to that same style of player. Hughes obviously has a few more things in the locker that I don't think anyone else in the NHL actually is, is capable of doing, but that doesn't mean Shea is really limited in any particular respect. Theodore is a dominant attacking blue liner, and he seems very capable of tracking up and down the ice to either snuff out chances coming towards his net or try to create opportunities heading back on the counter. He's very clearly earned his way into the top four and arguably into the top pairing, and he can basically be used at all situations. When it comes to really gifted skating blue liners, Theodore is your man. If you want creative offense, that's your guy. Whether it's at even strength or on the power play, Theodore just seems to have the knack for finding the route to the net that gets the most goals. If you think I've missed any of the most creative playmakers from the Vegas Golden Knights, be sure to let me know on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. There are plenty to choose from, guys like Mark Gisseau and Riley Smith, but obviously we want to save at least a couple for future episodes. For now, though, that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. As always, I thank you so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On Bets. Betting on the Winnipeg Jets doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, have a great night, and as always, go Jets go!